Right now at Safeway, save on all your personal care favorites during the Buy 3, Save 3 dollar sale. During the Buy 3, Save 3 dollar sale at Safeway, buy three of your favorite personal care items like Dove Shampoo, Dove Antiperspirant Deodorant, Dove Men's Body Wash, Tresemme Hairspray, or Axe Shower Gel and save $3. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. But this word tonight is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Lift your Bible's hand. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, speak to us now with clarity. Speak to us with power. Have your way in this worship experience tonight. We decrease that you would increase. Speak to us with clarity. Father, we rebuke any distractions any frustration, anything, Father, even in our atmosphere that would oppose us from receiving your word, declare it tonight. And we declare that we are ready to receive. We declare that we are open to receive. We shut the devil down. We shut every uh, distraction down right now in the name of Jesus. And we cast every care. Everybody say every care. We cast every care on you because you care for us in Jesus' name. I need y'all to release one more praise before we get into this word. Come on. Do it in Denver, do it in Atlanta, do it in Chicago. Come on, Miami. Come on, Indiana. Come on, Los Angeles. Come on. Let's go to work. So our series is Bad Boys, and we've been using men from the Bible that had to conquer enemies while simultaneously conquering their enemy. And this is so important, y'all, because we have to do both of them at the same time. Most of us want to deal with one problem at a time, and watch me, that's not how life works. Successful living means you deal with multiple problems at one time, and you still win. That's why the Bible says... God always leads us into triumph, which means, watch me, as long as I stay connected to the word, the word is going to work and I don't have to worry. I'm going to back it up so you get it again. As long as I stay connected to, what does it mean? It means as long as I follow the word, the word is going to work and I don't have to worry. I'm going to say it again. As long as I stay connected to the word, the word is going to work and I don't have to worry. And many of you, you're worrying because the word's not working, but it's not working because you have used it. You cannot use something half time and expect full time results. Y'all are saying that you cannot put in partial effort and expect a full result. And I came to encourage somebody as you go into the second half of this year, I need you to know that, watch me, the word is going to work for you like it's never worked before. Why? Because you're going to work it like you've never worked it before. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm going to work the word. I'm going to work it. What does that mean? I'm not just a hearer of the word. Maybe it means I'm a doer of the word. It means I don't listen just to feel good. I listen so my life can actually be good. I don't listen just for encouragement. I listen for directives, which means when I hear a word, it's telling me to do something. I need everybody to just put up one of your hands and just point, 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 point. That's what the word does. When you hear the word, the word is directing you to do something. And I need you to say this about yourself. Say your first name. Say, I've got to do something, spirit. Come on, y'all. Say it like you mean it. Say, I've got to do something, spirit. I'm not just sitting up, sitting back saying, feed me, bishop, feed me, bishop, and ain't going to do nothing. No, it's not time for you to be spiritually obese. It is time for you to get the word and then go work the word. And when you work the word, you will not have to worry. So here it is. I have to deal with both my enemies and my inner me at the work. Same time. And so we've been taking men from the Bible um, that have had to do the same thing. And we started with King Saul. He's the first king of Israel. Somebody said the first. 
The danger with being the first in doing something is that there is no pattern in which to follow. Now, here's what you need to know. You are often the first in your bloodline to do many things, which is why sometimes you feel so out there because you don't have a pattern of anybody with your last name that has done it. But I need you to know when you were born, you're the curse breaker. When you were born, you are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Which means, watch me, there are several things that God says. The reason you don't have a pattern in order to follow and attempted in order to follow is because what I want to do with you, eyes haven't seen. Can we go Bible? Eyes haven't seen. Ears haven't heard, neither has it entered the heart, which means the mind of man. In other words, your grandmama never thought you were going to be what you are. Mm. Your dad and them never thought you were going to be what you were. In fact, they thought you'd still be talking the same old mess that they've been talking for years. And then all of a sudden, you decided to be like Joseph. And Joseph said, listen, brothers, I appreciate your betrayal because what you meant for evil, God has now turned it for my good. You thought I was going to die in that pit. And what you didn't realize is the pit gave me purpose. Shut up. The pit is what gave me purpose. Your pain that you inflicted against me is actually what propelled me. So King Saul is the what? First. He's the first of the kings of Israel because he literally, his name means two things. His name means borrowed and asked for. The children of Israel literally prayed for a king. God said, I'll be your king. They said, well, these other nations have kings that they can see. We want a king that we can see. And I said to you on Sunday, be careful that your prayer is to be like somebody else, not knowing the expense of being them. Because watch, because watch this. Many times from the outside in, you think it's easy until you're looking at it from the inside out. And there's certain things you're praying to have, praying to be, praying to possess that watch me, that your patience isn't ready for that yet. Y'all ain't going to talk to me on Wednesday. But watch me, your attitude ain't ready for that yet. Because how do you, watch me, you're mad because one person is talking about you. How do you handle multiple people lying on you at the same time and still get up and handle your assignment with class and dignity? You ain't going to talk. So you got to be careful when you're asking for other things because the consequence of them praying for a king that was a human king instead of God being their king was now he had the ability, watch, he had the ability to take the nation down a path that the nation would be judged for his actions. So for everybody that likes stages and lights and platforms and titles, you need to understand your actions affect those that you lead, which, oh, come on, y'all, which is why it's so important to make sure that when you are taking a microphone or taking a role of leadership, you got to make sure that you are actually ready to do that thing and give that thing your all, because if you're not, your actions can damn the whole nation. Mm. So now they've got a human king, and with this human king, his actions have the ability to curse the nation. His actions have the ability to ruin the nation. His actions have the ability to debt, uh, put the nation in debt. His actions have the ability, there's a technical term for it, encumber the nation. So he is the first. I'm going to say the first. They asked for him. But here's the flip side of being asked for. You need to hear me clearly tonight. Somebody has prayed for you. Most of our lives we spend trying to convince people of our value when there are people that have prayed and already, watch me, recognize our value. This is why you don't have to have long conversations with them to understand simple stuff. They get it from Jump Street because they've been praying for you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. They've been asking God, can I get a word like that? Can I get a this? Can I get a that? And when you show up, you're literally the answer to somebody's prayer. Here's this tragedy of Saul's life. He didn't even realize he was the answer to what they asked for. He was so insecure that his insecurity made him think it was about him and not realizing this is bigger than you, Saul. Somebody asked for you. So when you live, you're not just living for you, because when you live, Saul, somebody asked for you. But then his name, that not just means asked for, then his name means borrowed. And I said to us on Sunday that we are all living on borrowed time. The Bible, in fact, says that our days are numbered, which means every birthday you count up, heaven counts down. God says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you, a prophet to the nations, et cetera, et cetera. And then I sent you. Now, take this out. God says, now. I already determined how long it's going to take you to do what I sent you to do. So if you sit up wasting time with her and him and them and they and that, that's on you. Because we already predetermined how long it's going to take you to do what I sent you to do. And it's more than just have babies and die. 
is more than just pay bills and die. See, some of you got to be careful you don't let your whole life get wrapped up into your kids. Because watch this, there's more to life than that. How do you know that, Bishop? Because you kept living after that, which means that was part of your assignment, but not all of it. Come on, yo. That means that was part of what you were supposed to do, but not all of what you were supposed to do. I need everybody to lift your hands that's watching this right now and say, there's more in me. Say, that's why I'm still breathing. And I don't care if you're in your 60s or your 70s or your 80s or your 90s. If you still got a pulse, God still has a plan, which means you still got something else you're supposed to accomplish. I need you to prophesy over yourself. Say, he's not done with me yet. The danger of not realizing you're on borrowed time is you'll act like Saul. You will make decisions where you do not consider the ramifications of those decisions because you think you have forever. <laughs> you think you have forever. Why do people waste time in dead-end relationships? They think they have forever. Why do people waste time, watch me, in dead-end friendships? They think they have forever. Why do you waste time, watch me, with dead-end thoughts? We think we have forever. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, you don't have time to waste. Mm -mm, I need you to say it with a little attitude, please, because you listen to you when you get an attitude with you. Lay your hands on yourself, get attitude, roll your neck, throw your head back, do whatever you got to do, pop your shoulders, pop your neck, pop your collar, pop something, pop your whatever you got to pop. Pop, go to Weezer because we run. Listen, whatever you got to do, I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, you don't have time to waste. Say, because this is still going to be the best decade of your life and the best year of your life. Come on, y'all. Put a praise on that right there if you believe that. All right, let's move, let's move, let's move. So he's living on what? Borrowed time. As we all are, his problem is his whole time he's insecure. Say insecure. insecure. Insecurity makes you irrational, which means the decisions that you make don't make sense. They don't even make sense to you when you look at what you decided to do. Right? Um, um, it's kind of like, well, I didn't want to disappoint, so I quit. What? That doesn't even make any sense. So your way to not disappoint somebody is to quit doing something, and so you don't think that's a disappointment? It's irrational. Then, watch, not only is it irrational, it's indecisive. You will vacillate between two decisions, and you will use the energy you needed to do, you will use that energy trying to decide. I'm going to say it again so that y'all catch it. You were supposed to use that energy to do it, Instead, you're tired just making a decision. You literally get to the end of your day and you're like, ooh, child, I'm tired. What you do? I've been thinking. You ain't done nothing all day. But because your thoughts have been going around like a merry-go-round, round and round we go like a circle, what ends up happening is you get to the end of your day and you're tired just from deliberation. Who am I talking to? You haven't actually done it, but you just thought about what you were going to do and that got you wore out. You know, I can't go to the gym. I'm tired. My mind is tired. My body is tired. My mind's telling me no and my body too. Ain't nothing telling me yes. But I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Make this declaration, please, y'all. Say, I will not misuse my energy. Come on, Wednesday night. Say, I will not misuse my energy. I prophesy you'll learn how to make oop, fast decisions. Oop, fast decisions. Oop, fast decisions. What's that noise you're making? That's how fast it's going to be. Oop, fast decisions. Oop, fast decisions. You don't have time to waste sitting up trying to figure out what you're going to do. You need to know what you're going to do so you can use your energy to get it done. Irrational, indecisive. Here's the third thing that happens to you. I added this one at 1115. It makes you irritable. When you're insecure, you are irritable, which means you have mood swings that don't make sense. The Bible says about Saul that a distressing spirit came on him from the Lord. Now that's amazing because essentially God was saying you are irritable and I'm trying to tell you something through your irritability. I'm trying to tell you I'm not there no more with you doing what you're doing with your little attitude with your little way of thinking. And so the irritability is actually an indication I'm going to say it again. Your irritability is an indication that God has left the situation because you put him out. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Your irritability is an indication that God has left the situation. Why, Bishop? Because you put him out. What did Saul do? Saul disobeyed God, and he got arrogant about it. And when he got checked on it, he was like, 
he kept denying it. And when he kept denying it, look at me. God was like, I'm not going to fool with you. You literally, listen, is this water? Well, not technically water. So is it water? Well, I mean, if that's how you feel, I mean, that's your truth. Uh, boy, excuse me. I almost acted like it was a seventh Sunday or something. Is this water? Well, fine, if you say so, just come honor me in front of the people. Saul was so concerned about how he looked, he didn't actually care about how he was. And that's the issue many people have in today's culture, is you are so focused and we are so focused on appearances that we don't actually care to be aware of the reality that it is. You're so fixed on people thinking your relationship is great, you don't do the work to make it great. You're so fixed on making people think that you are, 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 are one way that you don't actually take the time to do the work to be that way. But I prophesy to you that this will be, watch me, the second half of this year will be a year, watch me, where you're not just talking about it, but you're going to walk it out. Mm. Come on, y'all. I need you to say, it shall be my reality. Come on. Come on, y'all. Say it like you to say, it will be my reality, man. So, so then and he's also insubordinate, and we talked about this. Insubordinate, insubordinate, insubordinate. You are not under any ordinance. You don't follow instructions. Now, this is important because insubordination, look at me, everybody. Insubordination is not just about what you do. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. You can do the right things from the wrong heart and still be insubordinate. Because you didn't make your heart aligned with what you heard. <laughs> you didn't make your heart aligned with what you heard. So God gives him these instructions. And God says, I want you to do this. He doesn't do it. God says, I'm going to take the kingdom from you, man. I'm going to take the kingdom from you. But God, just like he does for us, what does he do? He gives him a, another chance. So what ends up happening? God gives him another chance. And God says, listen, I'm going to give you another chance to get this right. Because Saul, listen, you're the first. And since you're the first, you don't have a pattern. So maybe you thought when I made you king, you were king and you didn't report to a king. Mm. But I am king of kings. I am Lord of lords. So even though you're at the top, you report to somebody. Be careful, everybody that's at the top of something where you think you're uncheckable. Because everybody got to report to somebody. And that somebody ultimately is God. So he's like, listen. I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I am the king. And since I'm the king, this is what I'm going to do. So God gives him another chance. And God gives him a total of 14 years to repent. What's repent mean, Bishop? To change his mind. Let's break the word down. Repent. For my note takers, repent. Right? R-E dash pent. Re again, pent top. Get back to the top. Go to the penthouse. The penthouse is the best house in the building. In other words, you say, get back to the best you because this you sucks. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I wish there were some honest people in here on Wednesday where you can know there's sometimes where, listen, listen, here's how you know God loves you. When he'll look at you and say, baby, I love you, but this here, this has got to change. I need you to repent. Get back to the top. I dare you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm getting back to the penthouse. Say it again. Say, I'm getting back to my best self. Not my perfect self, but my best self. What does that mean? The one that prays, the one that serves, the one that gives, the one that forgives, the one that's faithful, the one that loves. The one... Shout my best self. I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with you. Smile, church. Smile, church. Smile, church. Listen. He doesn't get it. And here's what's amazing. Say 14 years. What is it? that you haven't gotten yet. Because it's easy to look at Saul like, <laughs> preach about it, Bishop. Talk about it, Bishop. But let's talk about you, though. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about we. <laughs> let's talk about us. What is it that we haven't gotten yet? That the truth be told, it's a new year, but that situation is the same. Different people in it, same situation. Y'all ain't going to talk. <laughs> Different day, same situation. Let me prophesy to your next six. That cycle, broken. That circle, over. He said, Bishop, you say that often because you didn't get where you got from one, one word, so you ain't going to get to where you're trying to go with one word. You got to make the declaration say cycles and circles are broken. Say it again, cycles and circles are broken. 
I dare you to say it a third time and then slap a praise on the end of it. Cycles and circles are broken. Put a praise on the end of that. Right there, right there, right there, right there. Act like you ain't going to never deal with that again. Act like you ain't never going to be broke again. Act like you ain't. Let's move. He doesn't get it. God gives him 14 years. And, and when God thinks that he's not going to do it, God begins to get a guy ready. And in 1 Samuel 15, 28, it's on the screen. It says this. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day. And he's given it to a neighbor of yours who's better than you. Why was David better? Because let's look at their rap sheet. Saul was disobedient. And I need you to catch this. Because some of y'all, you compare the fact that you don't sin like other people. They out there smoking and drinking and hoeing and cussing. Y'all, y'all, come on, look. Come on, Wednesday. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't, don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that, Wednesday. Don't do me like that. I don't be doing all that. I don't be doing all of that. But you're disobedient. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You don't follow instructions. You do your own thing your own way because you think this is the king of the burgers. Burger King. You don't get to have it your way. This, you can't have whatever you like. You know. Even in that video, that girl couldn't have whatever she liked. It was a dream. <laughs> so yeah, what is he talking about? The song. This the song, the video. The whole time she was dreaming that she could have whatever she liked because she didn't realize she was gonna have to work for what she wanted. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna talk. So listen, check this out. David, David was a liar. David was a whoremonger. What does that mean? David, like, he's knocking them down. This is Wednesday. Now, if I got to do all that, then... Some, now, listen, for my Denver people, they, they're like knocking them down. He was fighting? No. David was very active relationally. He was friendly amongst the saints. <laughs> That's a code. David was friendly with the saints, all right? All right, check this out. He was a liar. David was a conspiracy theorist. David David had a a rap sheet. He tried to get one of his strongest men. He tried to have that man murdered, and in fact, he did. And you want to know what the Bible calls him? The only man in the Bible that's called this? A man after God's own heart. How is he a man after God's own heart and he's got a rap sheet like that? Because David knew how to obey, and when he didn't obey, he knew how to repent. I need y'all to hear me Wednesday. Because some of you, you keep comparing, I ain't doing that, I ain't doing that, I ain't doing that. And God is like, you know what? And, and this is the problem. You keep comparing what you do to what she do and what he does and what they do. Not realizing I'm not dealing with you the way I deal with them. See, you're going somewhere. They're not. You're anointed. They're not. You're called. They're not. I need you to stop comparing yourself to somebody that's been where they're going. So, so you don't get to compare yourself to that. So, so God says, David's better than you, Saul, because at least David listens to me. And when he doesn't listen, he repents. If you read the Psalms, there's a whole lot of love songs about how David didn't mess up. Good portion of them. Lord, I have sinned and against thee only have I sinned, but still kill my enemy, though, because I'm with you. Can I just encourage somebody tonight? You better learn and you better hear me clearly. You better learn how to have a repentant spirit. What does that mean? I'm not trying to be prideful, arrogant, or nothing. If I messed up, listen, I'm, if it looked like I messed up, I'm going to tell on myself because I refuse to have anything become between me and God. So God says to Saul, he says, David's better than you because David listens to me. And I'd rather take, watch me, Saul, you're grown. He's a boy. I'll take a boy over you because you ain't nothing but a man that, watch me, that a male that acts like a boy. Saul, you like to talk about how grown you are, but you act like a child. So I want David. David literally is a 16-year-old adolescent. In Hebrew culture, 
you were considered to be an adult male at 13 plus, 12 and 13 plus in the Hebrew culture. You're considered to be responsible, bar mitzvah, the age of the law. In other words, you were responsible for your own actions at that point, which teaches us a parenting lesson. Parents, stop waiting till your kids are 18. Teach them how to be responsible like the Bible. Make them start earning stuff at 9 and 10 and 11 and 12. Stop giving them handouts so they don't get entitled. You want a phone, son? Work for that phone. That grass need cutting, son. That, uh, listen, and I'm not giving you an allowance to keep your room clean. Oh, y'all don't like this kind of parenting. because I, I, listen, That's your room, boy. You better keep your own room clean. That's your room, little girl. You better not come in here and let me smell the smell of a thousand tails. Y'all are catching later on. It's your room. Clean. I'm not giving you money for cleaning your room. Okay, let me move on. <laughs> let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Because see, it, watch me. This is why in the Hebrew culture, there are young people. Who did Jesus pick to change the world? Me, young men that were ages 13 to 21. Peter was the oldest. Why? Because they may have been young, but they were ready. Mm, and I need everybody, watch me, who feels like I'm not ready yet. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, you ready? Say, he's ready. Let's go. All right, let's go. So, so God says to Saul, I'm going to give the kingdom to somebody else. And I'm going to spend 14 years getting him ready. David takes the throne at age what? 30. Now, here's what's significant. Y'all ready for me? Here's what's significant. Who got him ready? Saul. All right. Bishop, what do you say? Let me walk you through it. Saul's replacement to us is introduced in 1 Samuel 16 and 1. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I provided for myself a king amongst his sons. Saul was asked for. God says, this is me. The next six is going to be all God. <laughs> ah, come on. See, there's a lot of stuff God gave you what you asked for. But I prophesy to you the next six is going to be all God. It's going to be exactly what God wants you to have. Say, God's providing for himself. Y'all hear it? Look at verse 10. And Jesse made seven of his sons. Who's Jesse? That's David's father. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. Who's Samuel? The man of God. He's the prophet. And Samuel said to Jesse, who's Jesse? David's father. The Lord has not chosen these. Look at me. Seven of Jesse's sons go before the man of God. And the man of God says, none of these guys are it. What's amazing is you and I expect to have instantaneous success with people, and we haven't even played the numbers. What do you mean by that? You're talking about, I have dated two people, and it's awful. I ain't dating no more. You need to get through about five more just to get to the end. Watch me. What are the seven for? Seven means completion. Which means you needed to go through seven fakes so that something could complete in you. Why? So you'd recognize real. Ah, I need you to lay your hands on yourself so I can recognize real now. I, I needed to go through some betrayal. Why? I recognize real now. You needed to go through some heartache. Why? You recognize real now. He says, the Lord didn't choose these. So watch this. Something's happening because who's not in the house? David's not in the house. David is watching his father, Jesse, go through his brother. So imagine how he feels. They have different mothers, I explained to you. That's why David said he was formed in sin, shaped in iniquity. Him and his brothers have different mothers. Jesse stepped out, and so David came through in another relationship. So what are they? They are a blended family. So if everybody says, it's just so hard as a blended family. Read your Bible. They've been blended since the beginning. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, you thought Cain was Adam's son. You, you <laughs> I ain't got time to teach that today, but <laughs> go to YouTube. Get the podcast. They've been blended family since the beginning, which is to teach us a principle. Watch this, that God says, I like to take broken things and put them together to make something new. I like to take pieces of this and pieces of that and pieces of this. And when nobody else says it'll work, I'll put it all together and make a wonderful tapestry out of that thing. I need you to say this. Say, he's doing something with my broken pieces. Come on, Wizard. Say, he's doing something with my broken pieces. So look, so... Verse 10, and Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen what? These. The Lord has not what? Chosen these. The Lord has not what? 
Just because you present it doesn't mean God picks it. There's a lot of things you present to the Lord that you want God to pick because you picked it. Friendships, relationships, jobs, careers. Yeah, I'm just going after my passion. Okay, that don't mean that's what he picked. This is what I feel like I'm supposed to do. I can tell you it ain't because you said you feel like you're supposed to do it. You don't know nothing. You feel stuff. So since you feel stuff, your feelings will always lead you astray. Your feelings will have you doing stuff that's crazy. Y'all ready? Jesse's like, it has to be one of these seven. It can't be the other guy. In other words, the most unlikely is going to be the one that succeeds. And for everybody watching me where you've ever been the one where people thought is the, listen, some people say, you ain't never going to be in church. You ain't never going to do that. You ain't never going to do this. Look at you. The most unlikely is going to be the one to succeed. This next phrase ain't for everybody, but for everybody where somebody ever counted you out and said you wouldn't be the one, you wouldn't get it done, I need you to give God five seconds of worship. Why? Because you thought I was unlikely, but I'm the one that God picked. Go, five. Go, four. Three. Two. One. Everybody holler. He picked me. Say, and I'm going to make him proud. Come on, let's go in for a moment. Say, I'm going to make him proud. Say, I'm going to make him proud. David is delayed during this time. And the delay allows him to prepare. David's delay allowed him to prepare. What you call delay. Look at me, everybody. Because many of you are like, I'm just so frustrated. I don't know what to do. You're supposed to be preparing. Preparing for what? You're supposed to be sharpening everything about you. So in 1 Samuel 16, 18, remember God wants somebody after his own heart. So let's see what's in in David's heart. The Bible says, y'all ready for this? A tree is known by its fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart, which means mind in the Bible, does the mouth speak. So when we see what this other guy observes about David, we recognize what's in David's heart because all David's habits were doing was revealing his heart. Your habits reveal your heart. Say, my habits reveal my heart. So let's look at his heart. First Samuel 16, 18. One of the young men answered. Why does the Bible take the time to tell us he's a young man? Because, I mean, he was David's peer. The real read of you is what your peers say about you. People who understand what it is to sit in your seat, that's the real read of you. Okay, you'll catch it later. Got it? One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who was what? Skillful in playing. So what was he doing while he was uh, preparing? He got skillful. He became good at what he was doing. You you can't just sit, I'm just just anointed. That's not an excuse not to be skillful. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I'm just trusting God. That doesn't mean you get to be stupid. You need to be skillful. Lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm skillful. I'm just trusting God when I go take this real estate exam, I'm going to pass. You better go study. I'm just trusting God that, that, that when I go for this, this, this exam, that it's just going to pass. You know, I'm just trusting God. And God's looking at you like, you've wasted this last hundred days when you should have been studying. I need you to say, I'm skillful. Can't nobody do what you do when you do how you do it when you do it when you're skillful. You got it? See, what skill does is it makes the anointing what's, uh, make what you do all the better. Right? So he's skillful. Number two, he's a man of valor, which means courage. Say he's a man of valor. Say he's a man of courage. Now you'll notice that's underlined there on the screen because I need you to understand, after saying he's skillful, he's courageous. What makes you courageous? Skill does. When you know what you're doing, you got courage. Y'all ain't going to talk. You'll walk in and everybody, oh, we don't know. Oh, my God, we don't know. But when you're skillful, you're like, chill out. Bam, 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 bam. See, you are the answer to a problem, and your skill gives you courage. So if you lack courage, let me tell you what you really lack, skill. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I have the mind of Christ, Say, and it's increasing my skill. Now, y'all ain't saying that like you mean to say, it's increasing my skill. Here's the next thing that he is. He's prudent, or he's a man of war. So because he's skillful, he has courage. Because he has courage, he will go fight when necessary. He only fights when there's something to win. 
How do we know that? He tells us his history. He says, when a lion came against my sheep and a bear came against my sheep, I fought them and I beat them. Why did I fight them and beat them? They were trying to mess with my sheep. Which means I protect what I've been trusted to manage. Could it be that you haven't been trusted to manage more because who's managing you sees you don't protect what you've been given to manage? And you want power, but they see you don't protect what you have. You want more freedom, but you don't protect what you do have. It, I just said a word right there because a lot of y'all, I just, I wish my hands weren't tied. Your hands are tied because they can't be trusted when they ain't tied. Okay, y'all ain't going to talk to me. Prudent in speech, so he's skillful, which means he has courage. Courage means he knows how to go to war. Then he knows what to say. Look at me. He knows what to say. Prudent means he's wise in what he says. How do you know somebody's wise in what they say? Because they don't say everything they could say. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying they withhold information. I'm just saying they realize sometimes, I'm one of the things I had to realize, sometimes there are things that are not worth my comment. There are certain things I just say, oh, okay. Oh, that's what they're going to do. Oh, okay. All right. Well, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Uh, mm -mm. I want to have a meeting. I want to have a discussion. I don't want to call a powwow. I don't want to get on Zoom. I don't want another Zoom call. Listen, I <laughs> from here on out, all my meetings are going to be face-to-face -face once we come out of COVID. You want to meet with me? Come meet me face-to-face. -face. All this digital stuff. And we thank God for digital. We love it. All right? Here's the deal. Sometimes, with prudent speech means, mm-mm, I don't need, mm-mm, uh, mm-mm, mm -mm. Bible says don't speak to the ears of a fool. They won't hear you. In fact, they will call you harsh when you're talking to a fool because they don't respect correction. Some of y'all, you people, you just so rough. No, you're a fool because you don't respect correction. So the best thing I should do is just not say nothing. I'm going to say. What do you think about my decision? God is faithful. What do you think about what I'm going to do? Be encouraged. Encouraged. Keep God first. All right, let's look. What else? He's prudent in speech. Then he's a man of good presence. Say a man of good presence. Come on, y'all. We're about to go to fifth gear in a minute. A man of good presence means when you look at him, he carries himself well. He's not sloppy. Even though he does a sloppy job, he doesn't look sloppy. That's a word right there. Even though he has to get dirty because he's a sheep tender, he's a shepherd dealing with the dirtiness of sheep, you never know that's what he did because when you saw him, he was well put together. Lay your hands on yourself say, I'm well put together. Come on. Let that be a word for some of y'all because some of y'all look like what you're going through and that's not what God wants. God wants you to look like you ain't been through nothing. You better look like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can go through hell and go through the fire. And when folks see you, they'll be like, you just look so amazing. And you can tell them, if you only knew, this ain't nothing but God. I, I don't look like what I'm going through. I need about 50 of y'all to type that on every platform. I don't look what I, like what I'm going through. Nobody would ever know you've gone through your worst financial balance. Why? Because you're still making it happen. Nobody would ever know you're going through your worst emotional situation. Why? You are still making it happen. All right? I got to finish. Here we go. And the Lord is with him. How did this other guy see the Lord is with him? Because no matter what David find himself in, David keep coming out on top. How does David keep coming out on top and all this stuff keeps being piled on him? His daddy don't treat him good, which is a word. Jesse didn't even invite him in the house for the party. <laughs> Jesse. Jesse didn't invite him in the house for the party. His brothers, if you read his story, his brothers are always giving him stuff. He asked the question, what's going to happen? For the man that beats Goliath, his brother's like, you always trying to do something. You always trying to say something. And I like the Bible because the Bible says he put his back to his brothers. Ah, some of y'all need to learn how to shut down certain people just because they got access because they're your blood. David's brothers tried to tell him, don't fight Goliath. And if he doesn't fight Goliath, he never gets the throne. I pray you don't get talked out of this next battle and talked onto the bench because you're listening to the wrong people. Somebody holler, I'm David. All right, let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Verse 21. 1 Samuel 16, 18. Or 1 Samuel 16, 21. And David came to Saul and entered his service. Who's Saul? The king. What did he enter? His service. Service is underlined on the screen. Why is this important? Because before he reigned, he served. So that when he reigned, he served. 
The greatest among you will be the servant. Question, do you just want position or do you want to serve? Do you want, let's be honest, do, do you want a crowd or do you actually want to serve people? Because Jesus said the greatest among you is your servant. Some of Jesus' greatest miracles had no witnesses. We said, what do you mean? When he was healing that little girl, he said, put everybody out, there, out of here. I'm not doing this so they can see me do it. I'm doing it because this is what I do. Question, do you serve with excellence just because somebody's going to check you and check behind you? Or do you do it with excellence because you say, this is just what I do. Listen, all day, air day, 24-7, I'm like 7-Eleven. I'm a person of excellence. I need you to say that out of your mouth five times. Go, I'm a person of excellence. Again, I'm a person of excellence. Go, I'm a person of excellence. Again, I'm a person of excellence. One more time, I'm a person of excellence. That's just what I do. Not because you're seeing me do it. Say, so that's who I am. Look, and he, watch the, and Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. So let's look at the second principle. David served up to go up. Your go up is going to be in your serve up. Let me just take a moment to pause and pastor my dream team for a moment. Your serving up is the key to you going up. God don't care what you do for the Red Cross. That's cute. That's good. Good work. Great work. God, that's nice that you helped some cats out the tree. That's, that's wonderful. That's nice that you went to the dog shelter and you sang them songs and, and, and read them the little red dog books. Clifford. I forgot the name. Thank you. The red dog books. Everybody look at me. Whenever God wants to position your life to go up, he gives you an opportunity to serve up. What was David at that time? A musician with no gig and his sheep gone. And what did God tell him to do? Go serve up. Go serve the man of God. Come on. Go serve Saul. Saul, go serve Saul because when you learn to serve Saul you're going to learn every you serve up to go up. Can I pass to my dream team for just a moment? Don't sleep on the key to your breakthrough. Don't sleep on the key to you going up. Don't think it's not coming any other way. You don't get to violate this book. Okay? You serve up to go up. Say I serve up to go up. That's, that's the key. So, let's, let's move here. Let's go to 1 Chronicles 11 and 13. So now, and we got here on Sunday, David is now king. He's made king of Judah first. The, 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 the nation um, is, is got a little splintering in it that really happens with Solomon. It splinters after Solomon. He's made king of Judah, then he's made king of all of Israel. 1 Chronicles 11 and 3. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel, according to the word spoken by Samuel. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Get right there for just a moment. God anointed David at first. Y'all hear? God anointed David in 1 Samuel 16. The people, the people anoint David. In 1 Chronicles 11. Why is that significant? Because God does it first years before people will ever recognize it. Why is that important? Sometimes you're wanting people to recognize something that they can't recognize yet. Why? It's not ready yet. It's not mature yet. Not perfect. It's just not ready yet. But for me, and for about 100 of y'all watching, here's your announcement. It's ready. You can sit there and look at me like a bump on the lawn, or you can act like I just said something that made your Shonda jump. Who is Shonda? It's something on the inside. I don't even know. It's up in there somewhere. Watch me. Somebody say, it's my time. Oh, there you go. And my turn. Say it again. It's my time. And my turn. So the people anoint him king at Hebron. Now, check this out. 
What Samuel spoke was seen 14 years later. Why is that important to understand? Because in 1 Samuel 3, 19, what does the Bible say? And the Lord let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Which means if you abort what's been spoken and prophesied, if it doesn't happen, that's on you, not on God. Y'all ready? We need to do something right here in the spirit. I just heard the whole Lord loud and clear. Then I got about five more minutes. He said, son, he said, right now the stream is filled with abortion prophecies and aborted prophecy. Because it took too long, so they said it wasn't going to happen. It took too long, so they said, I might as well give up and quit. So here's what we're about to do. We're about to unabort those prophecies. Come on, y'all. I just heard the Lord loud and clear. I need you to stand up in your house in this building. Get on your feet. I need you to lift both of your hands and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word right now. And I thank you that this word lets me know sometimes it takes time for things to manifest. So in your name, I ask for forgiveness for every prophetic word I've aborted every word from your Bible I've aborted because of how long it took it's getting ready to happen for me so I call back to life Say I call back to life every prophecy every word you've ordained over my life and I call it to manifest right here and right now I'm ready you ready Let's go across America. I need y'all to release a praise right there. Uh-uh, you're about to get that prophecy back to life. Back to life. Back to life. Back to life. I need you to say that. Back to life. Come on, everybody say it. Back to life. One more time. Back to life. Say 14 years. You can be seated. It took 14 years. I told him, give me five more minutes. It took 14 years for that prophecy to come to pass. David was 17, nothing. 18, nothing. 19, nothing. Here's the deal. He was in the palace but not on the throne. Which means sometimes God lets you get close to see if you'll settle for less than what was said. And if you'll take, watch me, if you'll take less than what was said, that's all it's going to be. Come on, y'all. I need to say, hey, come on, somebody say, I'm not settling until I see what he said. Come on, y'all. Say, I'm not settling until I see what he said over my life. <laughs> 19, nothing. 20, nothing. Now there's schism between him and Saul. He beats Goliath. So the people started saying, David has killed his tens of thousands. Saul has killed his thousands. Saul and, and David's son are close now. Jonathan and David, they're close. They're tight. Got it? And so now there's all these issues. Saul's already insecure. So his insecurity makes him look at David side-eyed. And he should look at David side-eyed. Because David looked at him side-eyed. Here's the danger. Somebody say, what's the danger? Do you let the emotional turmoil of the moment make you abort? Because David could have said, I'm seeing everything Saul going through. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to have to be in Saul's position to have to wonder who's for me and who's against me. I, I don't want to have to be in that position to have to watch my own back. Because the people who should have my back are friends with my enemies. So I couldn't possibly trust them. It's just not a possibility. It's just not a possibility. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. I, I feel the Holy Ghost. I literally, I can turn this into Wednesday night fire. Listen, I, 
And since they say we got a social distance, or, or, so, or what's the word? I don't want to use social distance because we're social people, what, uh, but not touching. You just have to get a Holy Ghost hit from the air. Just <laughs> wave at you. We got a video one time I was laying hands and one of the leaders, just <laughs> I did this and said, come on, Holy Ghost. So we'll just make everybody happy. Watch me. 25, nothing. 26, nothing. 27, nothing. 28, nothing. 29, nothing. And then at 30, then at 30, all of a sudden, he's, he's had a lot of turmoil too. Then at 30, the people say, Saul was king over us. Saul is gone. You're not even next in succession. Because Jonathan would have been next. He died with Saul. But there was somebody else from Saul's house that should have been next in line for succession. Everybody better get ready for this. But God skipped the succession and he picked David. And for some of y'all, I need you to hear me. It doesn't even, oh my God, it doesn't even look like you're next. It doesn't even look like you're next. You don't even look like you're in the line of succession. As far as you're concerned, there's no way this is going to happen for me. I'm not even in line, but I got a word for you tonight. I need you to say it's my time and my turn. My time and my turn. My time and my turn. My time. You're not even in line. And God's going to skip all of them and come to you. He's skipping your grandma them, mama them, cousin them, uncle them. And he has picked you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me finish. First Chronicles 11 and 9. And David became greater and greater. How he do that, y'all? Battle to battle. Say battle to battle. That's how you get great. Battle to battle. So everybody like, child, I'm tired. Then you don't want to be great. But if you want to be great, battle to battle. Battle to pray. Battle to be faithful. Battle to give. Battle to forgive. Battle to serve. Watch me. Let's get real. Battle not to cuss somebody out. I wish I had some honest folk on church on Wednesday. Ba ba battle not to just go flat foot off, y'all. But say, battle to battle, I'm becoming greater and greater. Say, because the Lord is with me. Come on, y'all. Say, the Lord is with me. But say, not only is the Lord with me, but in these next six months, he's about to surround me with the help I need. How do you know that, Bishop? It's the next verse, verse 10. And verse 10 says, now these are the chiefs of David's mighty men. By the way, that's the title of today's message, David's mighty men. It took me a while to get there, but we got there. Somebody said, we got there. Say it again, say, we got there. Let's go back to the verse. It says, now these are the chiefs of David's mighty men. Say, he had mighty men around him. I hope you ain't got, watch me, mighty mice around you. Because, see, mice represent waste. They represent disease. Now, these are the chiefs of David's mighty men. <laughs> I need you to prophesy over your next six. Say, mighty men. Say, mighty friends. Say, mighty partnerships. Read this next part. Y'all remember this verse from a few months ago? Who gave him what? Strong support. Most of what you've done up to this point, you did by yourself. Most of what you've done, the last 14, you've had to do it by yourself, David. But guess what, David? In this next six months, some mighty men are about to give you some strong support. I need you to say strong support. Say strong support. Say I'm not by myself no more. Listen, these mighty men. They gave him strong support. Which means these were strong men to be able to serve a man like David. 
Come on, y'all. I rebuke every punk trying to get in your life right now. What do you mean by punk? People that's just trying to come take something. I prophesy in the next six months, you're going to be surrounded by people that want to give you something. People that want to give support. People that want to... Say it again. Say strong support. <laughs> Together with all Israel. Look at this. Look at the next part. To make him king. Everybody look at me. He didn't get the throne on his own. God gave him mighty men to make him king. Because part of him was like, Saul is dead, I need to mourn. Oh, they said, oh no, it's time. It's time. It's your time and it's your turn. <laughs> According to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Can I finish this message? Will y'all just stand up with me? Because stand up. if you're at your house, stand up. I know it may seem weird standing up rocking in front of your couch. Or doing a stank face preaching, you know. But just stand up. Come on, let's go. You can go back and watch it or listen to it to take your notes. Verse 11. This is an account of David's mighty men. Let me tell you what he had. The first is Jeshobim. Say Jeshobim. Here's what his name means. People will return. When you take the throne, be ready for people to... Be ready for people to see back then they didn't want you. But when you get hot, they're gonna be all up on you. So when they show up, I don't even need you to trip. Just make look at me, just make sure you don't trust them like you did last time. He is a hacklebite. Say he's wise. So the first part of his name prophesies what's going to happen to David. Who, where his man is from prophesies what this man does for David. Joshua Beam is wise. Most times you surround yourself with people who tell you what you want to hear, not wisdom. Because wisdom will check you and say, no, baby, you's wrong. And you need to go fix that. In fact, you need, call me back after you fix that. Say, I need wise people around me. Say, I need Hackmanites around me. What a Hackmanite will do is say, listen, you may not even want to be my friend after this, but I love you so much, I could care less. I'm going to tell you the truth, and the truth is going to be the truth, and it's going to be the truth next week. And if you walk away from me because I told you the truth, well, then you can't call to walk with me no more. I celebrate the time we had, and I guess it's over. Bye. <laughs> he was chief of the three. What was his primary friend? Wisdom. Where do we get our wisdom from? The Word. So why do we need church? Because that's where we get the Word. So your primary friend let me just, I gotta explain it out in Denver. Church. The Holy Bible. The Word of God. Say wise. But not just the Word. You need some wise people around you that will check you. They're going to check me, but you need somebody that can hackamite you. <laughs> I like hackamite because hackamite me, hackamite. Wisdom will cut you and not care how you feel about it. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Wisdom, wisdom will jank you. Okay, y'all. He's the chief of the three. He wielded his spear against 300. He killed at one time. So wisdom, watch me. Ah, watch me. Wisdom will teach you how to be one person and kill 300 things. You see it? One man uses a spear to kill 300 people at one time. Wisdom teaches you how to do that. Bishop, how am I going to beat this battle? It's a whole lot of them and it's one of me. Wisdom. And you need it from the word, which is why we come to church, but you also need some people around you that can say, don't do it like that. Do it like this. That's why it's your church. What do we do? We make the word available to you on YouTube and Facebook and podcasts and all of that. Harvest, don't let other people receive it more than you do and you walking around getting hacked up instead of having a hackamite. Okay, let's finish. Verse 12. And next to him among the three of the mighty men was Eleazar. Eleazar means, you see it on the screen, God helps. Y'all like how I got it all laid out for you? God helps. 
See, my note takers don't know what to do now because it, well, it's all on the screen. I, just, I don't know what to write. I'm going to take pictures. <laughs> Screenshots. Say, I need God's help. Notice, God ain't going to do it for you. He's going to help you do it. Look at what he is, the son of Dodo. Not Debo, Dodo. Dodo means love. Check this out. God's going to put some people in your life the next six months. And look who he is. He's in a hohite. Was it a hohite? A brother. Which means he's not blood, but he's going to be like blood. These next six months of this year, you're going to have some people that are not blood, but they're going to love you better than blood. They're not your brother, but they're going to love you better than your brother. They're not your sister, but they're going to love you better than your sister. Come on. Somebody say, God's sending me an Eleazar. Come on. Say, that's got brotherly love. How do you know that, that it's an Eleazar? Because when brothers fight, they can fight and get up and go eat. When sisters fight, they may never talk again until the, they cross the River Jordan. River, that's an old school church saying. It means die. People deathbed, they're like, girl, I'm so sorry, but I shouldn't have been mad at you. You only want my prom just once, and I don't know why I'm still got attitude. Why I still got attitude with you? <laughs> Y'all ready? Y'all with me? He was with David at Pazdamin when the Philistines gathered there for battle. There was a plot. Ah, look at what look at what he does. There was a plot of ground full of barley, and the men fled from the Philistines. Somebody said there was a plot that was trying to go down. Uh-huh. Look at verse 14. But he took his stand. But he did what? But he took his stand. But he did what? But he took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and killed the Philistines. And the Lord saved them by a great victory. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you missed it. So what, 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 did, what, what did he do? When there was a plot, he stood. Not only did he take his stand, he defended it. You need some people in these next six months that will stand for you. And whenever some people trying to put their... Y'all ain't going to say... They're going to say, wait a minute. What you say about Bishop? Hold up. What you say about my child? What you say about my David? What? I need you to say that to my face. And let me tell you why David ain't going to know about it. Because I'm going to beat you up. Not literally. I'm going to handle you. And then I'm going to tell David what I did. David, just so you know, them Philistines were stripping. Like them Philistines always be tripping. And David, I just want you to know that I had to let them have it. It is quiet in the church. I said it's quiet in the church. There's another. And I'm going to tell you who they are on Sunday. Eleazar love me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm about, ah. <laughs> listen, listen. Say David's mighty man. Say it again. Say David's mighty men. David surrounded himself with mighty men. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts 
to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.